What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 265. Let's get it powered by Golden Eagle Energy Drink. Get you a pack, man. They're sponsoring the whole season four. We appreciate them. Go to drinkgoldeneagle.com forward slash DMP. Get you a 24 pack, man. Support them. You support them, it supports us. So appreciate you guys. Immediately, let's get into the news. There's some updates, and this YSL Rico thing is getting interesting as time goes on. Let's just say that. So let's go over. Young Thug is ID'd as alleged gunman in a 911 call played at the YSL Rico trial. So let's go over this. Uh, Young Thug has been identified as the alleged gunman in a call to a 911 uh, played in a call to 911 played during the YSL Rico trial. During the trial on Tuesday, February 20th, Prosecutors played a recording of a 911 call made on September 11th, 2013 by an unidentified woman. In the call, the woman first identifies Thugga as the shooter of a mutual friend, then clarifies that she was just relaying the information from an unspecified someone else and wanted to get the details on the record with the police. So let's play the video clip for you guys. You guys can hear this. 197, what's the address of the emergency? It's, it's not an emergency. The guy that shot the guy over here off Queens on the Avenue, he's in my friend on the apartment, and she's panicking. She don't know what to do. Okay, what's going on? There's a guy. I guess somebody must have shot somebody over here where I said over here in Somerdale. But you cannot come to my house or to my house or to our Okay, ma'am. When, when I'm coming to your location, uh -huh. I just need to know what's going on. If, was somebody shot recently? Yes, about five. The police say where I go. Okay. What's the location? It's over here on Cleveland Avenue. Cleveland Avenue. And what else, ma'am? I need numbers or two uh, cross streets. Oh, 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 Hateville. Oh, Hateville. Oh, in Cleveland Avenue? Yes. I don't want to talk loud. I don't want to get nobody, get myself in no trouble. That's fine. Okay. You said, call it, you say, okay, the mail is inside of what home? My friend apartment, she panicking. She don't know what to do. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. You... But she got her, her mom and her baby now. Okay. Okay. All right. And what's the... What's the... What's the... What's the... What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the up, up, we stand in uh, new uh, townhouses in Somerdale. And uh, she stayed in building C, but I'm not for sure what the apartment number is. But she stayed in building C when you come coming around to come through the gate. Okay, so so who was shot? I, I have no idea, baby. I, I promise I can't tell y'all that. I don't know. All that I know, she came, she came to my house and told me that the guy that shot, that shot somebody named Young Thug or whatever it's supposed to be, shot somebody and then see this guy is in her house. So I don't know how y'all can do that. I'm trying to get her out the house, but she wants the phone now. Okay, all right. Okay, so you're saying the female won't answer the phone? Uh, I did try to call her phone, and she got her baby, her mom, and now. Okay, all right. And you want? Do you want to leave your name or number? No, no, no. Okay. Please don't call me back. Yes, ma'am. Know my, know my uh, church and uh-huh. No. Okay, all right. I want well, to come back and retaliate this thing. Okay, what's the apartment or the duplex name? This was back in 2013. So Young Thug, at this point in his career, let's go over it. He was basically just starting. Actually, he's pretty much blown up at this point. Uh, I remember the Rich Gang thing was around 2013. Um, you know, he dropped quite a few projects. Yeah, Rich Gang was around 2013. Let me see here. 
At this point, he was basically, for the most part in hip-hop, a household name. Yeah, 1017 Thug, he dropped. When was the Rich Gang thing? Very curious. Barter 6, 2015, so that was a lot later. Um... Did a lot of shit just to live this here lifestyle. When did that uh, baby pay me the hook? That was 2014. Yeah, so I think um, 2013 was that first record. Uh, lifestyle was 2014. Yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah, so I think it was that 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 record that blew him up. What was that? Uh, what was that song called? I'm a stoner. I'm a stoner. I'm a stoner. Even that came out in 2014. Never mind. Basically, 2013 seemed like he was with Gucci Mane, and I don't know if he was really a household name, but apparently one person identified the person as Young Thug, and he's in the courtroom listening to it. Uh, doesn't seem like he's very... He has no reactions to it, but... I don't know. It depends on the shooting. Depends on what kind of details they got. You know, uh, is there any footage? Was there cameras around at the time? But this is definitely something. They have something here. They're trying to put... Like, this whole YSL Rico thing is trying to cut off the snake's head, which is Young Thug. He's the leader. That's what they're painting him as, this mafioso, this boss who, uh, you know, ordered all these hits and did all these things. So, we'll keep our eye out, man. It, it's definitely not looking good. I can say that. And the YSL Rico trial, you know, I'm glad at least started because this next trial I'm about to be talking about, not this one, this next one I'm going to be talking about is going to be pushed back. So, we'll get into that in a little bit. But Diddy. Puffy, man. Puffy Combs. He is not settling. He's not settling for all these allegations. He's going to be fighting back damn near everything. Uh, so let's go over it. Diddy has denied gang raping a 17-year-old girl in response to a sexual assault lawsuit, which he claims is unconstitutional. According to Rolling Stone, the Bad Boy Records founder filed his first official response on Tuesday, February 20th to the allegations that he and two other men gang raped a teenage girl in Manhattan recording studio in 2003. Uh, Diddy was sued in December and accused of taking turns doing stuff to the woman in the bathroom as well as supplying her with drink and drugs. And her, in a response filed in the Southern District of New York, the mogul's lawyer said he never participated in, witnessed, or was, or was or is presently aware of any misconduct, sexual or otherwise, relating to the plaintiff in any circumstance whatsoever. Uh, they also argued the two-decade gap between the alleged assault and the lawsuit had prejudiced, 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 I don't even know how to pronounce this word, man. I'm not going to lie to you guys. The case against Diddy as he has lost the ability to defend himself fully and fairly in this action. His attorneys claim that the lengthy period between the two events has affected his ability to present evidence to argue his innocence. Uh, the filing also claimed that the lawsuit was filed under unconstitutional law. Diddy is being sued under Victims of Gender Motivated Violence Act, GMVA, which temporarily lifted the statute of limitations on historical sex offenses. Allowing this action to proceed violates defendants' rights under the U.S. Constitution and the New York State Constitution, his legal team claimed. The original lawsuit filed by the unnamed woman in December claimed she met Diddy through his friend and bad boy president, Pierre Harv Harvey, who, who she also accuses of taking part in the rape. Uh, Pierre filed his own response to the lawsuit saying he never participated in sexual assault of the plaintiff, nor did he ever witness anyone else sexually assault the plaintiff. The woman's lawyer said she could not possibly have consented to having sex with anyone, much less someone twice her age, adding that the assault has caused significant emotional distress and feelings of shame that have plagued her life and personal relationships for 20 years. 
So this is just one of the four uh, sexual assault lawsuits that were filed against Diddy late last year. So he's got four that he's got to respond to hire lawyers for. And it's going to cost him a, a boatload of money. Um, he's also lost a bunch of brand deals and just overall, you know, it's not looking good for his namesake at least. Um, but who cares, man? If he actually did this thing, if there's proof, uh, I could give two fucks about him. Uh, put him, lock him away, throw away the key. Uh, but, you know, if these are just random allegations, we don't know. We don't know. To, to just throw Diddy's dirt on Diddy's name, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. As these, you know, things go to trial and evidence starts coming out and whatever the case may be, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think there needs to be some type of proof, some type of definitive proof because, you know, uh, we can't just accuse things without having any proof. That's that's not how the world works, you know, or else people would just be accusing people of random things always, you know, um, and that's, you know, that's definitely not the right way to go. Uh, speaking of trials starting, Keefe D, trial's been delayed. Woohoo, no surprise there. Um, not surprised at all. I saw this coming from a mile away. I think I said it on the podcast episodes ago when we were talking about it. Uh, but let's go over the article. Tupac's murder suspect, Keefe D, is going to have to wait a bit longer to fight his proclaimed, proclaimed innocence in court as the trial has now been delayed by months. According to a report from ABC 13 in Las Vegas on Tuesday, February 20th, it was actually the former gang member's new attorney, Carl E.G. Arnold, who asked for the push as argued that he needed more time to go over the discovery materials related to the case. Uh, Keefe D is now scheduled to go on trial November 4th, five months after its original start date of June 3rd. So we're not having the summer of Keefe D trial. We're having the winter of Keefe D trial. So November 4th, he's going to be locked up for well over a year by the time this trial starts. That is crazy. Uh, in a hearing on Tuesday, Arnold told the media that he was confident his client would make bail and that he will beat the case come trial. He's upbeat that he can possibly get out of here real soon. Arnold said the state has to provide evidence of a gun, of a car, and most importantly, whether Mr. Davis was even seen in, was even in Vegas at the time. Uh, KPD swabbed swapped his public defenders out for Arnold last month. Records show that he is a Howard University School of Law graduate who has been named to the National Trial Lawyers Top 100. As for the aforementioned bail, the judge overseeing the trial set $750,000 cash bail in early January. Once more, the judge ruled that the actual accused killer of the West Coast hip-hop legend can serve house arrest if he's able to come up with the cash, provided he wears an ankle monitor if he does. $750,000 bail. What is the bail bondsman you pay 10% of? I believe that's 75000 So he needs to come up with $75,000 uh, to make bail. So, uh, which I don't think that's... Uh, I mean, that's a, don't get me wrong. That's a lot of fucking money. 75000 is no joke. But being that it's Keefe D, being that he could just charge people for interviews, you could charge Vlad. I don't know. Vlad wants to do the interview after he got locked up. Charge him. Obviously, he's going to have to be careful because I, you know, the judge had issues with uh, the, you know, the young Dolph trial with that guy doing interviews. So he's got to kind of, um, you know, be careful of what kind of interviews he does and what he talks about, obviously. But um, he could just charge people for interviews and make that money potentially. Um, but first, he's got to get the money, then you know, do the interviews to recoup whatever money he's borrowed. So because um, Vlad, I heard, pays pretty good to do interviews. I mean, what are we talking about? Boo's got two hundred fifty thousand every year. So just to sit in the chair and talk with Vlad, that's that's a bag, man. That is a bag. I wish I got paid 250000 a year just to talk in a chair with Vlad. That would be amazing. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep our eye on this. November 4th it is, I guess, guys. That really sucks, and I'm not surprised at all. 
Uh, speaking of Tupac, uh, this guy, this guy's always got somebody's name in somebody's mouth because, you know, he has to stay relevant one way or another. But believe it or not, I actually kind of agree with what he's saying. And it's going to disappoint some people, but this is the reality of the situation that we've kind of, people have brushed over. And yeah, let me get into that a little bit later. Let's get into the article. Suge Knight has referenced Dr. Dre's history of violence against women while defending Chris Brown. Uh, speaking from behind bars on his podcast, Collect Call, Suge discussed the Grammys naming an award after his fellow Death Row Records co-founder. Let's play the clip. But nobody, it's not a Whitney Houston award. Not a Tina Marie award. Rita Franklin changed the way that people sing and think. It's not a Rita Franklin award. When you break down the, the color lines of music where there's no color to it, Tina Marie was a white girl. Saying like a black girl. Gangster like a street muff will beat a bitch up. She the only mother that Rick James couldn't beat up a burn. <laughs> she wasn't going for it. Not a Tina Marie award. But at the same time, if you walk like a duck, crack like a duck, that mother duck. At the same time, you can have a man that part of that secret society they're going to give him a award. The Impact Award. The motherfucker that beat up more than anybody. This man will get an award for beating up women. Chris Brown is stripped from his crown. And not saying it was right by him and Rihanna got into it and they had a fight or he beat her up. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this. He had a fight with one woman. Or he beat up one woman. And they still casting stones at him. They don't give him his cigar. They don't let him come perform. They don't let him pretty much win awards. But you can have an impact award with Andre. Sir Knight is right. Uh, there's really nothing to to disagree with here. Um, you could probably disagree a little bit with the Chris Brown stuff because there's been reports that he's, you know, messed around with what's her name, Karachi, Karuchi, I forget her name, uh, that there's issues there or like things like that. But the whole Chris Brown Rihanna thing has been twisted into a whole different story. Like when it first came out, uh, we thought that it was Chris Brown doing, you know, the damage. But Rihanna eventually came back and said, listen, it was kind of my fault. And she said that literally on camera. She said, I was the one that started it. And I, you know, I forgive him and I, you know, we both forgive each other. And they moved on. People who drag Chris Brown still for that Rihanna incident are just losers. And they, they're they perfect people. They've never made a mistake in their lives. It is what it is. Now, granted, putting your hands on a woman obviously is one of the worst things you could possibly do. Uh, as a man, you're a sucker. You're a loser for doing that. We know that. That's like common sense. But to constantly drag Chris Brown to that when it happened once in the public. Now, there's been reports that he's you know, stalked Karuchi or, you know, this happened or this happened, but it's never been to the extent of the Rihanna situation. And the Rihanna situation, based on the details of what everybody's saying, is that Rihanna got jealous over something at the award show and started punching and basically scratching, hitting Chris Brown while he's driving. And then Chris Brown retaliated. Now, you know, 
you can kind of make of that what you want. Should he have he retaliated? Probably not. He should have pulled over, kind of kept his comments cool. But I forget what age he was at the time that it happened. Maybe 19, 20. I don't know. Um, so you make mistakes. It happens. We never really heard a story anymore about Chris Brown. Besides, like, things here and there. I don't know Chris Brown's full history, so I could be wrong in this scenario. So if somebody comments or says something, I apologize. But I I, I know it was something with Carucci or whatever her name is. I mess up her name 90 million times. Something with her where he was like stalking her or something happening like that where she had to like, you know, deal with that. But I don't know any other stories like that's really that Chris Brown had like the Rihanna situation. Um, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is hailed that as basically one of the basically the greatest producer of all time in my eyes, you know. Um, but he's had a history of beating women. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. And that's been brushed under the rug. And what is Suge Knight saying here? Suge Knight is saying, if you're part of the media cult, if you're part of the secret quote-unquote society, you get the special treatment where you don't get dragged by the media. What your past mistakes get brushed under the rug and nobody ever talks about them, mentions them, puts them in articles, nothing. And we can't overlook the Dr. Dre situation. And here's how... I was so surprised that Dr. Dre did this because I didn't know this. Like, here's the thing. I am a huge Dr. Dre 50 Cent Eminem fan, right? I didn't know Dr. Dre put his hands on a woman until I worked on my Dr. Dre versus Easy uh, Who Really Won video. At that moment, that, that means in 2000, when did I do that video? 2019, I think. Let me see when I did the video. I did it probably in 2019. Could have been earlier. No, 2020, my bad. Uh, this video's got 1.1 so million officially views. out. Uh, but there was a part during this uh, video where Dr. Dre basically threatens to beat up a woman again on camera. I forget what woman he beat up, but it was a woman that uh, that he had issues with. And then, you know, Easy called him out on it and was like, yo, why are you, you know, you put your hands on women, so on and so forth. Um, whatever the situation may be, right? I don't know. I wasn't there. I, you know, I think it was right here. Let me see. I'm about to actually play this clip. Lawrence incident. That's what she get. I hope she get it again. She got beat down. The person, the host of that show did something and she know what she did and got beat down and I hope it happened again. See you around, buddy boy. So it wasn't Dr. Dre saying I apologize. Um, but it was Dr. Dre beating down Dean D. Barnes. Um, and he basically destroyed her. Like he, so he says, Dre began to hit D in the face and her upper body. He stomped on her hands with his feet. At one point, D got away and ran to some woman's restroom, but Dre uh, followed her and continued the assault. So, you know, and there's been reports that his, even his ex-wife that divorced him, he's been facing uh, domestic violence issues there as well. But all that gets swiped under the rug. We don't, nobody really talks about that with Dre. And granted, what people are going to say is, oh, nobody's perfect. There's, everybody has demons. Everybody deals with things. Yes, that's true. And people make mistakes, right? A mistake, though, is something that happens once and never happens again. That's a mistake. That's when you fuck up, you did something, you know you fucked up, and you never do it again. At that, after, after that mistake, if you do it again, that's not a mistake. That's just you doing it on purpose at that point. So I hate when people say, oh, it was a mistake. It was in his past. It was a mistake. 
Yes, if it happened one time and we never hear about the person doing it ever again, that's a mistake. And we move on from that. And the perfect example, in my opinion, is the Chris Brown situation. Now, I could be wrong. There could be extra information I don't know out there about Chris Brown because I don't know Chris Brown's whole history. I know he had some issues with Karuchi, like I said, 90 million times on here. But as far as like beating and everybody knowing about it and being a situation, that's the only time that we've heard of Chris Brown ever doing that to a woman. Um, let me actually look up the Chris Brown stuff, man, because now I'm like sitting here and I'm like really, uh, let me pull up. I don't even know how to look this stuff up. June 18th, Chris Brown is accused of striking a woman at his home. Uh, June 18th, yeah, this is the woman that the call, uh, the woman that called the blonde woman that was like, hey, Chris Brown beat me. Um, but there was no proof of it and that the lawsuit like I dropped, um, you know, uh, Rolling Stone, what do we really want from Chris Brown? Today, a year and a half ago, his first critiques uh, come out on his own record. I'll forget he beats women. Uh, blah, blah, blah. If y'all still hate me, mistake. I made a 17 year old. Please kiss my whole entire ass, he wrote. I'm fucking 33. Um, let's see. Uh, Brown appeared to be alluding to his assault in Rihanna in 2009, where he was actually 19 years old, yet there is a laundry list of horrific. Accused acts of violence, aggression, and probation violations trailing him that extends from 2009 as recently as 2021. That's why the criticism won't die down because allegations haven't either. As of January 7th of this year, people in Rolling Stone outlined around 22 of those accused acts, more of half which physical assaults. Most of reported assaults were allegedly against women. Brown and representatives have publicly repeatedly denied his wrongdoing. A few allegations that reportedly result in other closed-door agreements. So yeah, he's, of course, Brown's had, but like, let me see, I'm really curious. Uh, despite the various outcomes, a lengthy list of alleged uh, transgressions attached. Uh, he's been accused of actively creating an environment for violence against women. The lawyer alleged that woman was raped and sexually assaulted in Brown's home by two others in 2017. When Brown was sued in civil action, his lawyer insisted the cigar didn't do anything and made claims against him out to be dubious. 2020 E News confirmed that he had been settled, that the case had been settled and that the plaintiff filed have had a lawsuit against Brown dismissed. Interesting. Um, yeah, this is the Karuchi stuff. Uh, one of the most disturbing allegations among many is that uh, Brown's former girlfriend, Karuchi Tran, claimed that she endured in her successful bid for the five-year restraining order against him in 2017. Uh, Brown threatened to shoot her, kill her, physically attack her, and harass her friends. He followed through at least... Okay, so I'm tripping. Um, I think... I mean, I don't know the history of all this stuff. I got to really, really look into this, but I'm tripping. If he's had more instances like this, like I said, I didn't, I didn't know the full extent. I know what Karuchi's had issues with. So, you know, uh, yeah, that's, I disagree with Shugdai. Never mind. I, I take everything I said back. I'm going to retract that because now that I'm actually going over some of this stuff, um, Shugnight's tripping balls right here. Uh, how about this? We don't name the award after Dr. Dre. That's the first thing because I love Dr. Dre, but uh, that history just doesn't make any sense. Um, and the fact that nobody really talks about that, I've never heard Eminem talk about it. I've never heard 50 talk about it. I've never heard Game talk about it. I've never heard Kanye. I, nobody. I haven't heard anyone ever bring up Dr. Dre's past. Um, I get it. Dr. Dre is one of the greatest producers of all time. To me, the greatest ever but that is something that I was weirded out by that the Grammys named it after him. You know, um, Global Impact Award, that has to do with something behind the scenes where Dre's well-connected. And like Suge Knight's saying, it has to do some secret cult type thing. So um, 
I agree with that aspect. Don't name it after Dr. Dre. I felt like it should have been named after somebody else, somebody with a clean history that, you know, yeah, I mean, there's people that have, nobody has a clean, perfect history, but there's, you know, things that you can name after somebody that's had a better, you know, impact. Um, shit. I think for what it's worth, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson should have a global impact to work. Cause that motherfucker actually had a global impact in the world and all the child allegation stuff have been proven false. So, like, why was it named after Michael Jackson? Literally the biggest artist ever. That's what it, that's who it should have been named after. And if anybody throws the child allegation stuff at me, I'm telling you right now, there is no evidence, nothing. FBI raided that man's home, destroyed the Neverland Ranch, found not a single ounce of evidence. Think about that. They raided the man's whole Neverland. You're talking, you're talking about the biggest, like one of the biggest properties ever. Stripped that motherfucker down and found nothing, not a single piece of evidence. So that guy never did anything, man. I think he did have some type of weird things, weird sayings. I agree. It did kind of look funny in the light, but I don't think he ever did anything. But I, I felt like Michael Jackson could be named after. Um, who else? Global Impact. Um, I don't know. I'm just, anyways, I agree with most of what Suge Knight's saying. The Chris Brown stuff, I mean, I don't know, man. He's had a, his own history of things. So I know the Rihanna thing is probably the, what's on everybody's mind, but he's had a history. So uh, speaking of violence and we're going trajectorying into a different violent thing, uh, Floyd Mayweather, man, Floyd Mayweather um, is ruining any type of legacy. This guy has had by just opening his mouth in interviews. He is arguably uh, does not use common sense. He's very rich, very successful. Congratulations, Floyd. Uh, I used to think he's one of the best boxers ever. Um, but I disagree now. I think he's he's tarnishing his legacy. Uh, he just says things that make no sense at all. And uh, yeah, I just disagree with a lot what he what he says, what he does, his actions. Um, in this interview, let's go over the article. Floyd Mayweather has refused to criticize Diddy over his sexual assault allegations. The retired professional boxer appeared on the Pivot podcast. Hosted by former NFL stars Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor, and Ryan Clark when the topic of the embattled hip-hop mogul came up. Uh, nobody asked him about Diddy. He just randomly spewed stuff about Diddy. So let's play the clip. What's crazy out here in the world today, a lot of times, even like um, even like P. Diddy, um, I'm not going to speak bad about P. Diddy because um, he's still a black man. He, he, I mean, um, mistakes happen. And I can't say if it is or it's not a mistake, but things happen in life. And P. Diddy business is P. Diddy business. It's not my job or anyone else's job to go on the Internet and, and stump him and kick a man while he's down. Um, my take on it is it's not my business. Um, I don't think it's right at all. And I don't condone it. Even if that happened to my daughter, I would be hurt. But... Um, that's the choice that my daughter made. Yeah. So I don't want to kick nobody while, while they're down. I think the big thing, because I have girls, too, is, though. No boys? It, I have a boy, too. Okay. Is, one, if your son is in that position or your son is accused of those things that Diddy was accused of, like, I'm going to believe in my son and what he says, but I'm going to check him about that. I'm going to check him about whether or not these are things you've done. I'm also going to check him about being putting himself in those positions. And on the other side that we have to be very careful of, especially when talking about women, is that if 
those things are true, right? And some of the things are true. Yes. That wasn't a decision they made, right? That, that's, that's something that was done to them. And I'm definitely, I wasn't in those rooms, so I can't cast aspersions on Diddy and say that he did it or he did do it or he's an evil man or he is. What I am saying is if those things happen to those women, not yes. only is it not right, it's also not their fault. Mm -hmm. Floyd, you are genuinely just one of the dumbest people. No disrespect. And I mean that with the utmost respect. Like, what do you... But this is what he said, quote for quote. My take on it is it's not my business. First off, if it's not your business, why even bring it up? Nobody asked you about Diddy in this interview. Nobody. That's the first thing. I don't think it's right at all, and I don't condone it. Even if it happened to my daughter, I would be hurt. But that's a choice my daughter made. Are you... F oh, my God, man. The shit I want to say. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a choice your daughter... Yeah, yeah. My daughter just chose to get beat and sexually assaulted. That's a choice she made. Yeah, she just wanted that to happen to her. I'm glad the host tried to clean it up because he was like, what the fuck? Like, he just didn't... Because if Floyd said that in front of my face, I would be... I don't know how I'd react, honestly. I'm glad that host cleaned it up and said, hey, that's not the women's fault. It's not their choice. Like, relax. That was the dumbest way to end anything. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't know. Like, like, the comments of people roasting him online is like, what do you expect from a guy who doesn't know how to read? Like, this is the type of shit that, like, Floyd be, like Floyd is ruining his legacy day in and day out with stupid shit like this. Like, he constantly says things like this that make no fucking sense. Like, yeah, you're rich, but do you have common sense? Like, money, that's the thing. Money doesn't make somebody smart. Like, yeah, you, 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 Floyd had a talent, God-gifted talent, worked hard, worked his ass off in that talent, and became one of the best in the field in that talent. Does that make him a smart person? Eh, no. Nah, he just got a lot of money off it, and, uh, from what 50 said, he's actually blown a lot of it and doesn't really save it and creates fake companies and pretends like he's this and that. Whatever. That's a whole different scenario. But uh, And I would love to go over the 50 and Floyd beef. It would be really interesting. Um, but, you know, 50 reacted to this, and it was... 50 felt like it was a shot at him, and I can see why, because 50's actually the one criticizing Diddy publicly. So when Floyd says, oh, I can't see my... I can't criticize uh, somebody, you know, and kick a man while he's down... And what is this talk about black man? Like, why does race have to be brought into this? A person that beats somebody has nothing to do with their black or white. They're genuinely a bad person. Harvey Weinstein did a lot of fucked up shit. He's white. Fuck him. Get him out of here. Like, it has nothing to do with black man and kicking him down. Like, why do some people mention that? Why does race have to be brought up in this type of shit? Makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, what does that have anything to do with? the? If the guy's a piece of shit, Black, purple, brown, piccolo, green. Doesn't matter what the fuck you are. You're a piece of shit. It's that, that simple. Now, like I said earlier, we don't know 100% of the facts. We don't know what's real, what's not. So I can kind of see what Floyd's saying with oh, don't kick a man while he's down. But, you know, why even speak on it? What you said just made no fucking sense. That's a choice my daughter made. Are you, what, how did that even get in your brain to say that? I'm genuinely confused. Let me go over what 50 just said, man, because I'm just, I don't know what to say with Floyd sometimes. Floyd just be, just be yapping, yapping. He'd be yapping. Fuck, man, this shit's not loading. Let me go on my phone and actually 
see what he said because this shit's not loading up on my thing. Boy, just be yapping. Yapping, yapping, yapping. 50 said this. Um, they didn't even ask him about this. Champ, is you stupid or is you dumb? Get me the fuck out your head. You sound like a hater. Did he do it? Coming soon. Uh, and then I was just chilling, he said, till this guy come around, try to defend sexual assault, even saying if it was his daughter, it would be her choice. Which is, like I said, man, one of the dumbest things. The fact that that even came out of Floyd's mouth is genuinely the dumbest shit I've heard somebody say. Imagine your daughter gets beat, sexually assaulted, and you somehow put the blame on her. Like, what? And if you have a son that does that, you better fucking beat that son's ass and punish him to no extent. Because your son should not be raised doing that either. That's 100% his fault. If I had a son and I, got, I caught wind, he was putting his hands on a woman, I would beat him to the point where he's unconscious. Like, I'm not even joking. That That's not how you should raise your kids. And your daughter should not tolerate that from any man. If any man puts his hands on a woman, it's over. There's no sticking it out. There's no, oh, we got to stick this out because we have kids. No, that guy's not. 95% of the time, he's not going to change. That's my take on it, though. That's based off of history, based off of what I've seen in different scenarios, different cases with people. Like, Floyd is just genuinely, I don't understand. He should just get away from interviews, go read Cat in a Hat, okay? We want to put pressure on you, Floyd. You know you can't read a book like Harry Potter, so we got you Cat in a Hat. Shit. He still didn't go on Jimmy Kimmel to read Cat in a Hat. But, yeah, I'm going to leave this to what it is. I just, I'm baffled by what Floyd said. Continuing on, Boozy Badass. This is another thing that I had to talk about because I'm just genuinely confused about this, and uh, I don't understand. I really don't get it. Um, let's play the clip. Uh, Boozy popped on Cam Capone News. Shout out to Cam Capone. He's doing his thing. He's been killing it. Um, and he got asked about what Dr. Omar said about uh, Eminem being not being able to be a top rapper because he's white. Whatever. Omar Johnson recently went viral. For saying Eminem can't be a goat because he's white. What do you think? Is that something you would agree with or disagree uh, with? I mean, where I'm from, we don't listen to Eminem. You know, I'm from the trenches. I never heard nobody come in my project playing Eminem. I'm going to keep it real. You know, when I hear him, I say, he can rap. I always say that. Every time I hear Slim Shady, I used to like that song Slim Shady, but where I'm from, I've never heard one song in my project. I never heard Eminem not one time in the speakers in my project. I gotta be honest. None of my friends never said put Eminem on. Play that new Eminem. You know, I only saw it on MTV, you know, TV. You know, uh, everybody have their greats. All right. So, one, this was like a clickbait-ass question. Um, you know, Cam Capone knew what he was doing. He knew with asking that Dr. Omar questioned whatever, what he said, he can't be a top rapper because he's white. He knew he was going to get some type of response from Boozy that would catch headlines, and that's what happened. Um, 
So that's the first thing. It was kind of like a clip bait, and Boozy know, knew, like, if he said this, it would catch headlines. Of course. Two, I don't know what the fuck. What is, what is people's obsession with where Eminem's music gets played? I've never in my life, ever in hip-hop, ever heard somebody get obsessed or obsessed I said obsessed, obsessed, upset or obsessed with where somebody's music is played. Who gives two flying fucks where Eminem's music gets played? I don't care if it gets played in the clubs or not. I don't give a shit if it gets played in the trenches. I don't care if it gets played at a ballerina event. I don't give a fuck where it gets played. The reality of the situation is his music gets played. Look at the listeners on Spotify. Look at the listeners on Apple. Look at the streams. Look at the sales. Clearly, somewhere, somebody's listening to this guy's music. Actually, quite a few people. Hundreds of millions. Um, and who gives a shit if he doesn't get played in the trenches? Doesn't matter. That's the beautiful thing about hip-hop is there's a lot of different styles, different people that came from different areas, different walks of life that have different experiences, that rap about different things. I, I just don't, who gives to, now I'm not, I'm not going in on Boozy and just attacking Boozy for this, but, uh, cause he's, he seemed like he's pretty respectful. He's just saying, Hey, wow. How I grew up in my experience, Eminem wasn't a guy that was really bumped and maybe in the trenches, he doesn't get played. What is the trenches? What's the definition of trenches? That's the real question here. Low income poverty areas, urban communities. Are we talking gangsters getting involved here? Doing illegal activity. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, Eminem's music doesn't really fit illegal activity. Now, you go to the gym, you're here to lose yourself. You'll hear till I collapse. You'll hear those type of records. Our everyday life, just walking around, people listen to Eminem. It doesn't have to be in a specific setting. When Jay-Z dropped 444, and people were like, this is art music. This is mature Jay-Z. Did anybody say, oh, Jay-Z doesn't get... Did an artist, did a, a painter come in an interview and say... Oh, Jay-Z don't get no love here. I'm a painter. We've never heard his music in our uh, museums. Who gives a fuck? What does that have anything to do with the music? That is a, that's a pointless argument. And I've only heard it with Eminem because he's white. That's really... It's unfortunate that we there has to be skin color involved in these type of situations when we're talking about this. But that shit makes no sense to me. I don't get it. Why does Eminem always get dragged for this? Why don't we say Jay-Z's music doesn't get played in libraries? Don't nobody listen. Jay-Z ain't smart. I'm not saying I'm just throwing what people would say. Jay-Z is obviously a smart guy, but I'm just saying. People don't say that. Oh, he doesn't get played in libraries. He's not a historian. He's not this philosopher that everybody puts him as and this, this global impact award achiever. Nobody says that because nobody gives a fuck. It's not a big deal. Who cares where his music gets played? The reality is his music gets played. That's just the reality of the situation. And he's saying, I didn't wait in line for him. And I'm, okay, that's him. Big Pun and Big L, I mean, Big, sorry, Big Pun and Fat Joe did. They waited in line. They were talking about it. And I'm sure plenty of people did. Plenty, here, here's what, here's why Boozy never reached that really, really GOAT status. And this is a perfect example, is he didn't study everybody. Notice how the GOATs study everybody that made it to a certain level. Jay-Z, I'm sure has heard, Damn near every Eminem album because Jay-Z is at the level of Eminem. He's competing with him. Now, does, is that to say Jay-Z never listens to Eminem? Who knows? But he's I, I'm willing to bet my hard-earned money Jay-Z's listened to basically every Eminem album. 
because he wants to be the best and he's competing with some of the best. So he's going to listen to that. Boozy should be more open-minded and listen to other things to compete with if he wants to be one of the greatest rappers of all time. And that's what you should do with anything. If you want to be the best in a field, you have to pay attention to everything that's going on. You know, um, anyways, I'm going on a whole different rant here, but my, my, my point is I don't understand why Eminem gets, what is this obsession with Eminem and where his music gets played? Where is this obsession coming from? I don't get it. I really don't understand. I think it's just because he's white. That's all it is. Your music don't get played in the clubs. Like, okay. What is that supposed to mean? Who gives a fuck? Does Jay-Z's music get played in the clubs right now? No. The man's 50 years old. He's not dropping club bangers. Come on, man. We ain't listening to no damn Jay-Z in no club. Now, Big Pimpin' be coming on sometimes. I'd be hearing that a lot. Um, but come on, man. Like, that's like mentioning clubs, mentioning trenches. Like, Eminem never made music for the trenches, man. Does he got records that, that sound like they belong on the trench? Yeah, sometimes Eminem's done that. But here, here's the thing with Eminem, right? Is everybody throws the white, white, white person, white person. He only became big because he's white. No, but he became big because, one, he can rap his ass off. Two, he's a great songwriter. You know how rare that is? Somebody that can rap really well and that can write songs really well. You combine those two and you got what Eminem is. That's why he's at the status that he is. It's not because he's white. And people throw, oh, if cannabis was white, you'd be at the level of Eminem. No, 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 no disrespect to cannabis, but cannabis can't write songs, can't write records, hit records. That's the difference. Cannabis can rap his ass off, but cannabis cannot write a song, a proper song, structured, hook, catchy, gets people going, gets the blood flowing, whatever. He can't do that. That's why he's not Eminem. That's why he never reached that level. You know, I heard Benzino and Drink Champ say that. And Benzino actually just talked to Benzino. Uh, I've talked to Benzino actually two or three times. He wants to come back on the podcast. Let me know if you guys want that. Um, I will be pushing back more on him if he does come back uh, because there's a lot of things that he even said on Drink Champs that, you know, I disagree with. Um, but I don't know if I want him back because right now, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, uh, I want to get away from just the Eminem stuff and just, I don't know, right now I'll see. But let me know what you guys think. If you guys want him back, I know some of you guys wanted him back. But um, yeah, I don't understand this. This Why does Eminem get flack for this? Um, whatever, man. I think it's just because he's white. That's the reality situation. Uh, if you're looking at numbers, Eminem is the biggest hip-hop artist that's ever lived and existed. Drake is slowly climbing up to that. It was just confirmed that his Take Care album went diamond. 10 million sold. I don't give a fuck if he did it with streams. I don't give a fuck. That's what Drake's era's in. We cannot blame Drake for that. You cannot blame Drake for doing going diamond with streams. You can't blame these newer artists for doing it. I know I criticize that a lot because physical sales and having people drive to go buy the album is a lot harder than, you know, streams, but that's just the era they're in. You can't blame them for that, you know? It's like blaming LeBron for being for not being in the Michael Jordan era. What the fuck? LeBron was like 10 years old when Michael Jordan was dominating. That's not LeBron's fault when he was born. He couldn't, he couldn't choose when to be born. So that's what I mean. So that's a whole different topic, but uh, yeah, I don't understand the Eminem fascination with, his music getting played somewhere. Like, what do you like? There needs to be a study on this. I dead ass might do a documentary where I'm just following people around and seeing if they're bumping Eminem and where they're bumping Eminem at. Cause I think the fascination with this is going to give me 90 million views off the video. Cause it's just like, what the f I, anyways, next, uh, new story. Now that I calmed down because I want to be a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more happy on this one because I'm excited for this. I hope this happens. Uh, 
Joe Budden has a theory why Def Jam Vendetta video game has not been rebooted. And if you don't know what Def Jam Vendetta is, it was a PlayStation 2 Xbox game that came out, I believe, in 2003 that featured a bunch of hip-hop artists that would fight each other. Uh, beautiful game. I liked Def Jam Fight for NY, which was the sequel, the next game that came out in 2004, I believe. I uh, love that game way more than Vendetta. Vendetta was amazing, but Def Jam Fight for NY was a whole different monster. Basically, it was a hip-hop game with a bunch of hip-hop artists fighting each other and some custom-made art uh, characters that were like in part of, in the game, um, but mainly hip-hop artists. Um, it was an amazing game. I loved that as a kid. Uh, trying to get a brand-new copy of Def Jam Fight for NY, a physical PlayStation 2 or Xbox, is like $90 million, so good luck trying to do that if you're trying to play it. Um, but Joe Bunn talks about why, because Joe Bunn was part of the game, um, Joe Bunn talks about why it's probably not coming out and let's see what he has to say. So a lot of people have been talking about this, by the way, it's not just, I see uh. people want to bring back Def Jam Vendetta. And I said, so many people ask me why this game hasn't been brought back for newer consoles. Maybe because they'd have to pay for voice and music rights again. Maybe yesterday's price ain't today's price. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what it is. To that's, quote, that law yeah, order number is different. Mm. Is that is that really was hold, with the holdup? Well, I'm not involved in those talks, but I can imagine that that would be the holdup. You was an ill character in that game. If that's they hit you fact. up and they was like, "Yo, throw this thing in the train tracks digitally again," yeah, would you but do I was it again? also a kid. So would you do it now? Would you sign off on right. it? If the business is right, yeah, yeah, no, nah, gaming is big. If the business is right, we should definitely do that. And I think that music should have more more of a presence in the video game world. Oh, Outside sure. of niggas just going to Ronnie house for a fucking two K party or whatever the Yo, fuck he make you he make you run around the whole park to find the nigga on two K. <laughs> Yo, like bro, be behind stones and shit. Like, where you are? Take a picture, put it on the internet. Niggas are hiding from everybody. Like, come on, right? Yeah, yeah. Nigga hiding behind on the beach and she laid out on the beach. But no, I definitely agree with you because I feel like hip hop is very like. Just, hey, let's just do music. You know what I mean? And they, they don't, before they used to expand beyond a lot. Of, it used to be clothing. Everybody had a motherfucking clothing line. There was video games. There was all time. I remember fucking being 50 Cent in like fucking fighting Al-Qaeda or some shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like the these things got really And the do-rag and all that. Yeah, like Tony Yayo doing barrel rolls, like shooting fucking insurgents. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's like that shit was out there. That shit got green lit. You know what I mean? So is that is that is it the business that's fucking it up? Is it the money? My answer is yes. Yeah, he's got a point. So to clear all these, to clear all these voices, all these uh, names and stuff, definitely is going to cost a lot more now. And there needs to be there needs to be so much demand that if they clear all that, they put all those people in the game that they make profit off it because it's not going to be worth it. And I don't know if they're going to put older artists in there. That'd be interesting. You know, are they going to put the newer generation in there, mix with older? Or are they just going to stick to the older artists? Because let's be honest, a lot of older artists are more built, more bigger, buff. Now these newer rappers are very skinny and small. Um, and it's, you know, no, no offense to people that are, I'm skinny myself, but I'm not, you know, I'm 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, um, so being skinny and small in a hip-hop game is kind of just like, what's your ability? You know, back then, it, a lot of artists were bigger, buff. Um, you know, besides Stoop Dog, he's really tall and skinny in that game, but he had his own abilities. But it just wouldn't look as cool. I don't know. I don't know, but... I would like to see a newer generation and older generation mixed into it. Um, you know, he's talking about uh, the 50 Cent game, and that was he's talking about the Blood on the Sand, which is the second 50 Cent game, which I loved. I think the second's better than the first, but the second sold a lot less than the first because the first was mainly 
the hype was mainly because of 50, because of how big he was just as an artist, and people were just buying it. By the time the second came out in 2009, his kind of notoriety, whatever his fame or like his the urge to buy anything 50 Cent kind of just dwindled down, so it didn't sell as much, but it was a better game. Um, but yeah, I would love to see it, man. I think... I think it's something that's well overdue, and, and they're right, man. Hip hop and gaming should be a lot more intertwined. It makes like Fifty was way ahead of the curve, and Def Jam and Dead was way ahead of the curve on that. So um, I do agree with the 2K stuff, man. I was playing 2K with my friends, um, and I play 2K. I buy it when it's very cheap because I'm not going to give 2K for a broken ass game 90% of the time. I'm not giving them $70. I don't give a fuck. I'm always going to wait till it goes on discount, and I'll buy it for half price or something lower. I encourage all of you to do that because if you guys just buy these full price games, they're half assing it. You know, all they're doing is taking money from us. They want VCs. You have to buy these VCs to increase your player. If you don't, you're going to play like ass. And then when you go online, you're getting cooked, you know, and it's just a whole thing where it's virtual currency to people just games. These games just want more and more money. So I wait till it goes half price or lower to buy it. And that's what I did. I bought, I believe in December, I went half price, got it. Um, we started playing the game. Actually, a couple of days ago, I was on online, and the funny thing is, I was with my friend, and we were playing with a random. So, on online on 2K, NBA 2K, you can be 3v3 versus on the courts, right? And uh, there, you know, if you don't have a third friend, obviously, you play sometimes with a random person. And we were playing, I was with my friend, we were playing with this random person, and he was just taking horrible shots, uh, no defense, and in my mind, I'm like, this is probably a kid. Because kids usually play like that, where they just don't care. They just shoot whatever. They don't defend. They go after the person who has the ball. They don't defend their own person. And I was just getting so frustrated. We were getting washed. It was like 5 to like 17. So I go in the chat, and I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? And it's a little kid. He's like, oh, I just took the shot. I'm trying to shoot it. I'm like, oh, I felt so bad for being any type of mean. But I told him, I was like, please just defend your guy. Please, can you do that? He didn't respond to me. I was like, you piece of little shit you little shit fucking up this whole game but he's a little kid i kind of just you know let let him pass because i was like i'm not gonna be an asshole to a kid over a video game it's not that serious but it was funny though because i was like just baffled at these kids getting on like six seven years old i didn't play online games at six seven we didn't even have online at six seven what am i talking about i probably would have if i was that young but um yeah it's a fun game man and all these games are fun i wish they did more hip-hop elements of it man I would love that. I would buy the living shit out of it. Def Jam Icon gets a lot of flack. That was the game that came on the next generation console on PS3 and Xbox 360. Uh, it gets flack. I like the concept, but I think at that point, the kind of buzz for it died down because the way the game was executed. I think it needed some type of spark to it. Uh, the game was in that one. TI, a lot of artists were in there, I remember. Uh, Young Jeezy. It was a very cool game, so... Uh, I'm all for it, man. I'm a gamer myself, so I'm all for it. Billboard Hot 100, let's get into it. Uh, well, Jack Harlow and his industry plant self held everyone off from getting a number one. Uh, Love It On Me is still a number one. I think it's it's been number one for six weeks in total. Yeah, so six weeks in total, which is probably his longest number one record. Not consecutively, by the way. Like, it fell off, went back to number one. Um, it's a catchy record, man. It gets stuck in my head. Love It On Me, baby. But I'm like, where the fuck have... I haven't heard this song outside. Maybe I'm not going outside enough. Maybe I'm not going to the right places, but I rarely hear this song ever. So I'm like, where the fuck? How is it still number one? Anyways, uh, Beyonce debuts at number two with Texas Hold'em. And then Kanye and Di Ty Dolla Sign debuts at number three with Carnival. Right, it is your Carnival. Yeah. I wish the other record of, uh, what is it called? The, I forget the name of it. The 
Big beautiful big titty butt naked women don't just follow back to me. That's what it's called. I wish that would have been the, the number one record that debuted. But remember, Kanye is doing this all independently. No label behind him. It was actually just reported today that Kanye made a million dollars off the album independently. That is beautiful. I hope more artists follow Kanye's path on independence. Uh, continue on the Billboard Hot 100. Beautiful things. Brand, uh, Benson, Bone, number four. Lose Control, Teddy Swims, number five. Cruel Summer, Taylor Swift, number six. SZA Snooze, number seven. I Remember Everything, Zach Bryan, number eight. Greedy Tate McRae, number nine. And Stick Season, Noah Khan, number 10. Going down the list, Red Rum, 21 Savage, number 15. Usher, yeah, yeah. That re-entered on the charts at number 20. That's wild. Um, continuing on, Fuck Some, Kanye debuted at number 23. Um, back to Me, Beautiful Big Titty Butt Nick debuted at number 26. That should have been way higher. Um, Talking, Kanye debuted at number 30. Burn, Kanye debuted at number 33. Vultures debuted at number 34. Yeah, they debuted there. Uh, Usher, good, good, number 36. Beyonce, 16 Carriages, debuted at number 38. Kanye West, Stars, debuted at number 39. Nicki Minaj, Everybody, number 40. Rich Baby Daddy Drake, number 41. Um, going down, Hiss, Megan Thee Stallion, number 48. That's record fell off quick. Uh, Kanye West, Do It, debuted at number 52. Kanye West, Paid, debuted at number 53. Kanye West, Keys to My Life, debuted at number 55. Drake, First Person Shooter, 57. Thank You to Shit, Fart, Ice Spice, number 62. These songs, titles are just hilarious. Kanye West, Paperwork, debuted at number 64. Beg Forgiveness, Kanye West, debuted at number 65. Hood Rat, Kanye West, debuted at number 67. FTCU, Nicki Minaj, number 71. Drake, You Broke My Heart, number 74. Travis Scott, Fiend, number 76. Problematic Kanye West, number 79 debut. Uh, 80, Nina, 21 Savage. Going down. I, I don't give a fuck. Uh, number 88, Drake with Yeet. Yeah, Glow. Gorilla, Glorilla, number 89 debut. Yeah, Glow. And then Kanye, Good, Don't Die, number 93. Kanye King, number 94 debuts. And then 21 Savage, Prove It. Number 98, and then Sunday Service Lotto, which is the diss track to Ice Spice, debuted at number 100. Interesting. And that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. I might be going live tomorrow if I get it fixed. Uh, I'm not talking about the podcast live. I might go live to bump this Uncle Murder album. Uncle Murder's dropping an album. I know there's other albums coming out. I know. But you know me, I'm a G-Unit soldier, so I'm going to be bumping this Uncle Murda album. It's coming under G-Unit Records. And I told Uncle Murda, pull up. You can. If you like my post, like my comments. So I don't know. We'll see. If we get Uncle Murda on the on the live, that'd be really dope, man. I love to talk to Uncle Murda, man. Shout out to him. Uh, so I'll probably be bumping that tomorrow if I can, if I can fix it. If I can't, it is what it is. Uh, but that's it. That's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. Stream us, Spotify, Deezer, Podcast, YouTube. Support Golden Eagle Energy Drink, guys. They're sponsoring me for this whole season four. We appreciate sponsors. It helps fund this podcast, helps it keep going. So drinkgoldeneagle.com forward slash DMP. Go check them out and have an amazing night, day, whenever you listen to this. And peace.